When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Well, welcome into In The Red for your Monday afternoon. Uh, we certainly were living on the edge for a hot minute there. Uh, Justin Marshall has just joined us via the magic of the internet. Justin, are you there, mate? I am and I, yep. Uh, good evening to everybody. And, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I... Uh, had a little bit of a flaw in my writing, but anyway, we're online, which is great. No worries at all, mate. Hey, I was just talking to Ben off air. Uh, you know, you were on the uh, coverage, uh, I believe, on Friday uh, on Sky. You were on shows on Saturday and Sunday here on SENZ. Do, do you ever get a break, Justin? <laughs> oh, look, mate, it's obviously uh, busy from about Thursday onwards when rugby kicks in, which is actually really enjoyable. And uh, what, what I'm really loving at the moment is the ability for uh, the, the game to be diverse, you know, the fact that we've gone from the New Zealand teams playing each other, obviously with Moana Pacifica involved, and now it's gone into Trans-Tasman. Uh, and, and the fact there's a lot going on in the game, uh, we've got the All Blacks coming up shortly in July. It's just constantly keeping you on your toes. So, yeah, I get the odd break, mate, don't worry. I Actually, it was really nice, to be honest, after the, the Highlanders game, uh, at the weekend against the force to to move my way from doing commentary on that. And I went back to the hotel and I sat with uh, Grant Nisbet and Carl Tanana, oh. uh, who both also did the game. And we ordered, you know, three spates, pints, sat down, and they had it on the big screen, the Crusaders-Brumbies game, and just sat back and, and enjoyed that. You know, that's what I, I guess many of the listeners and people out there are doing for the weekend, and it was really cool to do that. God, I think that's on a lot of people's bucket list to just grab a pint of spates and sit down and watch a footy game with uh, with uh, Grant Nisbet. Um, so a lot of envious listeners out there, I'm sure. So you got to watch it as a fan. Uh, Crusaders versus Brumbies. Crusaders uh, getting the W. What did you make of the game? Look, mate, it was. It didn't play out the way I thought it would play out. Mm. I really expected the, the Crusaders to front. Uh, I, I'd caught up with Razor uh, in Coogee, um the week two weeks before, before they went uh, and played their game in Perth. And he was already talking about that Brumbies game and the historic sort of nature of it. Uh, and no doubt he would have tapped into that because uh, that's what his skill set is. He, you know, he has the ability to motivate players and he would have showed footage of games gone by and, and sort of looked into the, the, the history of the games between Brumbies and Crusaders, you know, finals, both winners, and sort of motivated the current players in that way. And I, I certainly think the Brumbies would have done the same thing. So I, I expected it to be a tougher challenge for the Crusaders. I didn't doubt the fact that they could win the game. And I was really pleased with the side that he named. I thought it was the most powerful side he's named so far. And I certainly thought that, while well, if the Crusaders are going to go to Canberra and win this game, with the calibre of player that he's named and the firepower that they've got, they can do it. 
but I expected the Brumbies to front a bit more and I was a little bit let down by them. And I know that sounds weird, you know, we're talking about in the red here and all Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. but, um, well, we can be critical. The, yeah, the Brumbies let me down. Like, you know, they, they, they're usually more clinical, they're more efficient, they're more ruthless than what I saw. And so, you know, even though the Crusaders flexed their, flex their muscles, which was amazing to see, I didn't think the, the the Brumbies fronted up in a way that I thought they would. So the game didn't unfold as I expected it to. But what I'm basically saying in a nutshell is I sat back with my pint of spades and watched the game and thought that there's no way the Crusaders are going to lose this game. You know, like from after 10 minutes, they looked like they were in total control of the game. Yeah, they did. I, I think I, I think I know what you what you mean. The scoreline, although you know, as as flattering as it was for the Crusaders, was thirty seven twenty six. In the end, there were a couple of tries that I wouldn't I wouldn't call fluke tries or lucky tries, but particularly uh, the charge down in goal that led to I think it was a Cody Taylor try, um, yep. and then uh, Sevu Reese got. I mean, you could call it a lucky bounce, but he would put himself in the position to grab it where it bounced off the Brumbies' uh, chest and then he managed to just rip it away and run off for another try. Um, but I can kind of see what you mean. Although it was 37-26, it didn't feel uh, that far apart. No, and I think the Brumbies are a better side than what they showed us yeah. on the evening. But that was due to pressure as well. I thought the pressure that the Crusaders put them on Inside their own 22, that uh, they weren't as effective as what they were the week before the Brumbies. Like I think I actually mentioned it in commentary when I saw them play the Chiefs. Basically, every time the Brumbies got inside the Chiefs 22, they scored. That certainly didn't happen against the Crusaders. They no. fumbled it. They bumbled it. They knocked it on. Uh, they, they coughed it up. Uh, they made errors. They got penalised. And I think a lot of credit has to go to the, the Crusaders for the pressure that they put on defence. Like, I remember... At one stage where the Brumbies are actually phasing reasonably well, and I thought, okay, they're on a bit of a roll here. This is this is stereotypical Brumbies mm. multi-phasing here inside the 22. And Pablo Matera just came out and put a shot on someone and knocked him on his ass. And I thought, wow, you know, that that's that's probably the Brumbies not expecting that aggression and not expecting that pressure from any other team in the competition apart from what the Crusaders can provide. Mm. And and he, he provided that in a, in a nanosecond. And they they I think they they kind of succumbed to that pressure. They didn't sort of galvanize and get tough and grit their teeth. Look, they scored they still scored some good tries, but ultimately I think even though they got themselves ahead early in that game, I always sat there watching that game thinking they're trying to catch the Crusaders. Mm. Yeah, and they, 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 they constantly looked like they were always behind on every component of the game. And what they're trying to do is find a way to catch the Crusaders somehow. And whether it be an individual piece of brilliance or, you know, a structured game sort of orientated uh, area of the, the field where they, and what I mean by that is they go offline out really well uh, and then they build rhythm. Whatever it was, they were always playing catch up, and they never they they never looked in my mind like they'd ever get there, and they didn't. Never felt quite comfortable enough for them. Um, nah, is it the beginning of a, a slide back towards last year's Trans Tasman? Obviously, in the first opening rounds, uh, our version of whatever they were calling it, Magic Round or Super Round or whatever it was uh, over yep. there in Melbourne, that they looked phenomenal, and obviously the Brumbies beat the Chiefs, uh, which was outstanding. Do you think after this weekend that the 
we're starting to regress a little bit towards last year's Trans-Tasman or not? Good question. Like, I was thinking about it and thinking, man, these Australian teams have caught up and they they, do, they certainly look like they've got more depth in their squad. So, you know, they, they can kind of handle the pressure of if key players are out. Now, now one team in my mind at the moment that cannot do that is the Reds. Mm. Now, the Reds. The Reds have got firepower across the park. But when they lose uh, a Pattaya and uh, a James O'Connor, and if they were to lose Tate McDermott, they, they don't have the ability like the New Zealand teams to slot a player into that mix. You know, look, let's face it, the Crusaders lose Bryn Hall through injury. You know, Mitch Drummond slots, slots in there yeah. seamlessly. And so does uh, Tahu Riarangi. Uh, so they're fine. And, and any other franchise in the country does the same. You know, like Weber's been out, but um, Cortez Ratama slots in. You know, that, that, I know that's just one position. But specifically across the park, we have the ability to slot good players into key positions. Maybe not at the calibre, but they still can function really well and the team doesn't really miss a, a, a blip in the radar. But the Australian teams, they lose some key personnel. So you think about that Crusaders-Brumbies game. They lose Lola Seal mm. and they also lose Valentini. And now Valentini's a hard, comp- uncompromising ball carrier, you know, and... and feeds off Nick White and Nick White takes steps and Valentini's there. If he doesn't hit him, he goes out the back of Valentini, hits Lola Seal. The players that replaced uh, those guys, they didn't they didn't have the ability to set the Brumbies alight. Like they 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 clearly were missing that component. So I just wonder whether or not, you know, you get to this stage of the season and I and and um, New Zealand teams, if they were to suffer injuries, they can still cope. The Australian teams, after starting that sort of trans-Tasman round reasonably well and then having that amazing second week where mm. Crusaders got tipped up by the Waratahs, um, you know, the Highlanders got beaten by the Prime, all that. Sort of, they, they had a, well, excuse the pun, a magic round. <laughs> um, but they've now sort of slotted back into what we kind of thought that the... the, the predictability where we thought they would be and I don't know whether or not they can get any better Yeah, they've sort of uh, regressed back to the mean, they've fallen back mm. to where where everyone had them projected uh, from the start uh, yeah. I, I believe I read a story or producer Ben told me just before that uh, there's a chance that Dane Coles might be out uh, for this weekend's match uh, Cody Taylor, sorry, Dane Coles um, for yeah. this weekend's match against the uh, Fijian draw. Mm. Do you think if it was anyone else other than Fiji, uh, he'd probably be playing? Yeah, I think so. Look, he looked like he suffered a decent uh, knock to the ribs, didn't he? And uh, one of those line-out uh, throws that he tried to throw in is very un-Cody Taylor-like. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, it'll be really interesting to me because, you know, I've been banging the drum recently about the Crusaders and how Razor manages the squad, you know, and, and the way that they and they can keep everyone excited, keep everyone involved, but not entirely change the, the, the makeup of the way that they're going to enter into the quarterfinals and make sure they get good rhythm and synergy, you know. Centres that look across at each other know who they are, inside backs, you know, is it Bryn Hall, is it Mitch Drummond, you know. They've constantly changed that pitch of the Crusaders. And then you get thrown into the mix. And and with the greatest respect, mate, this, and this is not meant in a derogatory way by any means, but the Drew are, are a side that they should clip a bonus point in mm. and, and they should do it well and they should be able to 
manipulate their squad. But then they face the Reds the following week and then bang, it's quarterfinals. So as a coach, you know, where do you sit in that mix? Do you go, you know what, yes, if it was, you know, three rounds in, that's that we would we would manipulate our squad and we would bring players in and out, we'd give guys chances and we'd start different people than we would. We usually would, but this is a business end, mate. This is a business end of the comp. So Crunch time. Yeah. You know, you get you get a situation like Cody Taylor, yeah. Yeah, if he's hurt, sure. But that's one change. But does the rest of the team that he looks at for this weekend's game, do they do they tamper with that and do they make those adjustments and then know that they can follow the following week they can put that number one side out that hits the reds and then hits the quarterfinals without a blip in the radar i'm interested yeah well i'm certainly not the right person to ask but we do have uh one of the people to ask scott hansen member of the brains trust down there at the uh the crusaders joining us uh on the show very shortly we can put those questions and any of your questions if you've got them uh feel free to get in touch double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven i would love to hear from you we'll put all those questions to scott hansen right after this yeah, welcome back into In the Red on SCNZ. It's just gone 7 18. Manaya in for Ricardo uh, and Justin Marshall in for his usual self. Uh, joining us on the line now to talk all things Crusaders is one of their assistant coaches, Scott Hansen. How are you, Scott? Yeah, good, thank you. Evening, guys. Great to have you along, mate. Sorry, I'm just having a little uh, technical glitch inside my own head. Hey, uh, how, what did you make of the, uh, the game on the weekend there? Oh, I think to come out of Canberra. Firstly, with a win is what we needed. Uh, obviously, not getting the bonus point, but coming out with performance, we're pretty happy with around uh, detail and execution, and and it's performance we can build off. Hey, Scotty, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, look, I was wanting to ask you about, and, and it's being debated, and I know that it's probably a difficult question for you to ask, but when, when you're trying to build momentum through to this part of the season... And, and you look at selections, how are you managing that? Like I, I know you've got a squad that's full of talent and depth and you want to keep players motivated and enthused, but there's kind of that equation out there also of getting that rhythm and that continuity. Where are you sitting with that at the moment? Yeah, it's a good question. I think each week you're selecting a group that you feel can do um, the job for you that weekend. So that's important. In the background, you're always working towards building cohesion and combinations. And when you look at us at the moment, Marshy, um, the year that we've had, uh, disruptions mm. around um, COVID, injuries and the like, really for the first time on the weekend, we were probably able to look at the squad and have nearly everyone available for selection. So that's always going to help. What that looks like going into finals, then they've really got to take the opportunity each week and as you know, mate, really the players should be selecting themselves through their performance, and that'll come through, and we hope the coming weeks. When you approach a game historically like the Brumbies and the Crusaders, and, and you've been there, and you, you look at that encounter, obviously the players are going to get up for it, but game plan-wise, what, what were you guys, what was your mythology leading into that game where you thought you could break them down and obviously stop their rhythm as well, because never ever an easy place to go and play in Canberra. No, we knew it was going to be a big task. Uh, they've just bounced off beating three New Zealand teams. So they're at home also. 
the way we approached it is we needed to take our game to them. Uh, we needed to be aggressive around our mindset, and that needed to be led by the forwards, and they did a great job there. Mm. As always, we needed to back our skills. But what, where we're growing in our group is the ability to play without the ball, and our defence has been really strong. And what that means is we can apply pressure by putting the ball in behind Brumbies, as an example. And I thought we did that really well. Richie, David, Haveli, and they allowed our big forward pack to come down the field and roll our sleeves up in the right area of the field. I'm so glad you said that because, like, I'm I'm trying to get like I watched the Brumbies, mate, and I thought, you know what, they they are, they're either off their game because they are spilling the ball, coughing it up, or inefficient when they're usually efficient and they're usually ruthless. But against you guys, they 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 weren't their usual self. Is that your pressure or do you think the occasion or just a combination of both? Oh, I think it's possibly a combination of them all, Marshy. Um, when you look at the game, they were probably trying to achieve the same thing as us and that's aerial dominance, turning each side around. But if you look at the early stages of the game around the kick execution, we got in behind them a wee bit more efficiently and we put their kick game under pressure through good defence. Therefore, they weren't getting out of their half on their terms. And it gave us the chance to build some momentum in their half. And we took some good tries in the first half to apply pressure. Richie's kicking, taking threes, building scoreboard pressure. We probably just squeezed their game in a way that hadn't been squeezed in a couple of weeks. And that was for them now to have to change their way. They did that well in the second half, but we'd just done enough to stay in front. I'd like to ask you this, Scotty, because I know that I know you well, and you'll you'll answer it any way you can possibly. But when you look at your situation and the the way that you're progressing, you're obviously just looking at yourself. But do do you take any notice of, like, say, for example, what the Blues are doing, how the Hurricanes are progressing, and and you, are you macro managing the fact that you may have to hit them at some stage, or you're just simply focused on Crusaders, what's in front of us and what we do? Well, I think with the group, you're always focused on um, your momentum and what we need to do with our game and the opportunities for growth. But 100%, we wouldn't be doing our jobs as coaches well if we weren't looking outside, looking at what others are doing, uh, where other teams are trending and what they're doing well. And you're also sitting in the background, essentially preparing for what's in front of you, that may be a couple of weeks away and what you need to prepare for and possibly skill sets for those games, maybe tactically uh, where you'd be looking at. And then the other big picture there is you're also looking overseas, mate, looking at teams like Leinster and the like and the style and brand of rugby they're playing. And you're always challenging yourself around, is that something that within our environment would help us get better? So we've always got that sight on the future, mate, but we're dealing day to day for sure. Well, mate, I caught up with you uh, for a beer in Melbourne and um, you know, I think the way that your guys' tour panned out was uh, really good. Uh, you'll be really pleased to get home to New Zealand uh, with that success. And um, I, like, I think like many people, we're so impressed with the way the Crusaders dismantled the Brumbies the other night. Uh, good luck for the weekend, but more importantly, uh, how, how did your facial hair sort of play out in the finish? Like, There's some pretty... 
interesting looks uh, that I saw on the weekend. <laughs> but um, when I saw you early doors about three weeks ago, you weren't really doing much in terms of progress. But um, <laughs> have you managed to – did you have to shave that off before you got home with the family? <laughs> you, let's come to the first bit around the bears. You still owe me about three rounds, so we'll work on that and talk about that first. And then we'll go on to the facial hair. Yeah, I'm not a great one at growing it. Um, no. But you're right, there's certainly some tights in the team uh, at the moment. The, the rules for us are we're not currently allowed to shave it off until we connect with the whole group because they've been doing the same here at home. We'll connect on Tuesday, Wednesday with them. Uh, we'll have a wee laugh together and someone will get an award around um, maybe not doing so well and others will be doing really well with the facial growth. So that'll be how we take it. Oh, well, good luck with that, mate. Um, I know that you won't be... Um causing any problems for Gillette or anything like that like I said with your ability to grow <laughs> bugger all apart from a bit of bum fluff but thanks for joining uh, us mate really appreciate it and have a good week looking forward to the Drew game yeah cheers Marcy thanks guys cheers mate that's Scott Hanson the assistant coach for the Crusaders that was the most interesting question uh, to be a part of I, I was looking at the side of Richie Mwanga's head uh, on the weekend oh, and thinking what is going on with the mutton chops no, so it's a tra- uh, it's actually a Crusaders tradition that started way back right when we entered into Super Rugby uh, in 1996. And when we went away for the first time, uh, we made a decision that when we were away, we were going to uh, get together as a group. And the way to do that was make sure that everybody entered in the equation of growing some facial hair. So whether it was just some... You remember uh, Mertz's lamb chops that yes, he grew? I do. The ginger lamb chops that he grew? I or, do. Yeah, or a mo or whatever it would be. And you know what? It's so good to see that some, you know, what, 25 years later that the current group of players are still adopting that tradition of when you're away from home, you grow some sort of facial hair and there's always a contest involved in it and a reward for the person that does the best job. Um, you know, I, I, I saw... Tom Christie come out at the weekend with these, I don't know, looked like the Wolverine. But um, <laughs> no, nah, it's all, always been a part of the tradition and it's so good to see that the current group of players don't move on and go, oh, no, that was stupid way back in the day, what those blokes up to. Yeah. That it's still part of the culture. No, so that's, good. that's what makes, that's what makes uh, you know, the Crusaders the Crusaders. It's what makes any team themselves is carrying on those traditions. So, However ridiculous they are. i got to ask you before we go, Marshy, did you run anything ridiculous? What do you remember from back in the day? Yeah, they used to tease me because um, I, I thought that I was growing basically something that was quite innovative. And and when I came out with it and shaved it off for the first time, so I basically grew a beard and then shaped it and came down to the team room for the first time, uh, the boys called it. They said, you've basically got a chin strap. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> No, 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 it's actually supposed to be like a, I don't know, innovative thing, but they said, no, you've basically strapped your chin in. So <laughs> they called they call me the chin strap for the rest of the tour, which is bloody embarrassing. And I I thought that I was being clever and innovative, but obviously I was far from it. Oh, very good. Uh, just quickly, we've got to go, but uh, can you see anyone other than the Crusaders and the Blues making the final this year? Mate, from, like I said, the way the Crusaders looked the other night and, and – Long may they continue to play like that with that power. Uh, they'll, they'll be there. Um, and no doubt the Blues are in the mix and plenty of other teams. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd hate to meet some of our bogey teams when I say our from the past. The likes of the Chiefs or mm. the Hurricanes in the semi final will always cause you a lot of anxiety. But I, I would, a Crusaders Blues final would be immense at Eden, Eden Park. But I'd much prefer to see it in Christchurch to be perfectly <laughs> honest to get the result. 
Absolutely brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time, Chin Strap, and enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> <laughs>